Hey, it's Casey Cheshire from EO Boston. It's an honor for my team at Ringmaster to partner with EO Atlanta to produce this great podcast. If you're interested in an experience share around what it takes to launch a podcast, how to be a better host, or a great guest, shoot me an email at casey at ringmaster.com. And now back to the show. Entrepreneurship is hard. So let's fix that and dive into our hero's journeys. This is Taking Flight, an entrepreneur's journey, and I'm Sarah Torville. Join me as we delve deep into the passions, expertise, and experiences of those already in flight. This show is sponsored by EO Atlanta. Welcome, everybody. It's fantastic to be here again for another episode of the Entrepreneur's Flight. I'm really, really delighted to have this person join us today. Um, this lady is incredibly sharp, client-focused, organized entrepreneur, and a leader. She is at the family law attorney. She is a family law attorney at Vayman and Title Bam. I hope I'm pronouncing it right. I know we've practiced this beforehand, Esther. Esther Vayman, welcome. Hi, thank you so much for having me. I am excited to be here. I am flattered I was asked to be here. And I'm a little bit nervous because it's the first time I've done a podcast. So all the things. All good. We are going to take you through this and you're going to be incredible. I know because we had our prep call and, um, and it's going to be fun. So I just want you to relax and enjoy it, Esther. So I want to start off our, our guests. We know really get excited about this first kind of answer to our key question, which is what did you get right when you took your first flight into your entrepreneurial journey? Um, I think that the main things I got right, the first was just doing it. Like, I think people really try to find the best time, the perfect time, the right client base before you start, all of those things. And I think the fact that um, we decided to just do it. We had no clients. We did not know how we were going to get clients. We did not have any revenue. We had nothing. But we just said, you know what? this is what we want to do. And we're just going to do it. So I think that, and I also think I have the right partner. My partner is my husband. We are very different, but I think our strengths are very complementary. So I think having the right person to do this with me, and I don't think you need a partner, but I think for me, it has worked really well to have somebody who complements my strengths, helps me with my weaknesses. And I hope I do the same for him. <laughs> And I think the other big thing we did right was at the beginning, we kept our costs really low. Um, we didn't sort of spend a bunch of money that we really weren't making yet in the business. And that gave us some room to, to grow the business. Mm -hmm. So when you say you're just doing it, which I think is very brave and very bold, like what, what do you mean by that exactly? Like had you been planning it for a while? Like was there, what, what made you feel like you were ready to do it then? So everyone in my family is an entrepreneur and a successful one. Um, so I, I always knew I was going to have my own business. It was really just a matter of when. And I wanted to be really skilled at what I did. So I wanted to work at law firms with great attorneys, learn a really great skill set. I knew I needed that first, but I always knew I was going to have my own business. And I think a lot of it is just how I was raised. I mean, when you're around everybody who's self-employed, that's that's really the conversation is never about being an employee or your career path in a company. The conversation's always about your business. And so that's how I was raised. That's all I grew up hearing. That's what I grew up knowing I was going to do. And it was a matter of what 
can I do to have my own business? Um, and so the idea that it wouldn't work out really never occurred to me, which sounds so naive. Um, so the fact that I had no clients and no money really <laughs> didn't feel like a, a obstacle. Um, I guess sometimes, you know, the ignorance of failure is a good thing because you don't really fear it. So you just kind of go for it. That's true. Can I ask about your husband? Had he grown up with the same entrepreneurial discussions in his family? No. Um, no. His mother did own a business, but I don't think it was as much a, a culture, I would say, as it was in my upbringing. I mean, I think he was very open to that. He knew that that was complementary to his personality, but I don't know that he necessarily always knew he would be an entrepreneur in the same right. way. Right. Okay. That's really interesting. So, so you mentioned your husband. Um, I'm, I'm going to ask you this question about co-pilots. So, you know, obviously your husband is a co-pilot on this journey with you. Um, and obviously I would like you to talk a bit more about that, but were there any, is there anyone else or was there anyone else? I definitely would say my parents and especially my father, who's really, he just totally embodies the entrepreneurial spirit. My family's from the former Soviet Union. We moved here when I was little and my dad's dream was coming to America and having his own business. And my mom is a doctor, but she would have never opened her own practice if my dad didn't sort of push her to do it. And then he had his own business. So my dad not only always encouraged it, but he owned an office building with office space. Um, and he said, look, the real commercial real estate market at the time was really bad. There were vacancies. They knew they couldn't find tenants. And he was like, this is the time. Take the space. I'm going to give it to you for free and see what you can make happen. Like, go do it. And, and we were so we were in the same building. And every day I would go and have these talks with my dad about the business and where it was going, what we were doing and what was our strategy. And um, just having that encouragement, that support, that dialogue was what I really needed to, to start it and to keep it going. Yeah, that's really good. And he and he done it himself. So he was able yeah. to kind of share any lessons learned like you're sharing with us today. It's like hearing from other people who've done things. Um, it is valuable, isn't it? Extremely valuable. So, so what is a challenge you and your team had to solve recently, Esther? I think our biggest challenge is probably the same challenge most people are having is staffing. I mean, we have, we've had it two ways. We've both had trouble finding the right talent for our team, but we've also had some trouble with some people that we had here that we just needed to part ways with. Um, and those are sometimes really hard decisions to make, whether it's because you have an emotional attachment to them because they've been with you for a while, whether it's because there's a fear, like, how do I replace them? Who's going to do that job when they leave? Maybe they're not right for me, but I have nobody else. Um, so I think being able to really clean out those that were not a good fit for us, even when it was so hard to restaff, um, it made our summer really, really tough but things are better than they've ever been. Our talent pool is better. We're larger than we've ever been. So it was sort of a difficult thing to get to a better thing. And, and even when you intellectually know that the hard decision is the right decision and will lead to something better, it can still be difficult to make because there's sort of that fear. Yeah, yeah, that is very, I mean, and I've been through something similar myself, so I know what you mean, but was there something which kind of pushed you to, get on and do it, particularly this in the summer of this year? 
we started to have drama, which I have a no drama policy. I don't like it at work. I think it's really poison for the workforce. And we what there was one person who left and we decided that was the opportunity to get rid of all of it. You just have to kind of cut it out and move on. And that was and even though I had to convince some people here that was the right decision, it we all agree now that that was one of the best decisions we've made. Yeah, that's very brave to do that. And I love hearing you say it's it's better than ever. You're bigger than you've ever been before. So that made a massive difference to culture, yeah. obviously. Yep. People are so much happier. Um, the energy is just positive when you walk in the door. It's just, yeah. it's been really good. Yeah. How long do you think you dealt with that issue without doing something about it? And, and be honest, because I know I dealt with mine for quite a while. So. I think ours went on like in the worst stage for about six, seven months. Like right. it was really, really bad for about yeah. six, seven months. It started before that, but yeah. that period was really almost intolerable in yeah. hindsight. Yeah. Yeah. No, it's brave that you did it. And I love the fact that you, um, that you got through it. Can you give us any kind of advice of how you did that? I mean, how did you go about approaching that? Um, <laughs> So I had an outsourced HR person <laughs> yeah. and I called her and I said, I need help. Um, you know, removing some people from this firm yeah. and she talked to me through it. And um, those hard conversations are not actually hard for me. I don't mind them. I know a lot of people do. I guess I have hard conversations for a living, so it doesn't yes. so much bother me. Um, but so we just made the decision that we were going to let them go and HR helped me with some people. And then I dealt with some other people. Um, and really that was it. It was just a, a conversation and yeah, it. that's good. That's good. So what excites you about your future? You've obviously put this behind you, companies growing, great people in the team. What's the destination look like? Where are you heading? So I really have, I, and I decided it really this year and I decided this largely, I think with the help of EO, because being in EO has changed my perspective on what can be accomplished in business. Um, I'm a local business. I'm a, you know, uh, you have to be licensed in your state to practice. There were a local Georgia business and you, for me, I saw myself in that, with that limitation. And I think being in EO really helped me see that there are no limitations to my business or really any business. Um, and I think that we could become the largest family law firm in the nation. And that's now what we're working towards. And we're already looking at a second market to open our next office. Um, so that's it's exciting. It's a little scary yeah. to say it out loud. Um, <laughs> but I think that there's a reason that we can't do that. And, and it really sort of keeps me energized and keeps me going and focused. Yeah, that's so exciting. And I love how bold you're being. You want to, you could be one of the, what was the right, what was the language you used exactly? Was it the largest or? Yeah, the largest yeah. family law firm in the nation. Yeah. What yeah. does that mean exactly? That's a good question. I think you can yeah. be large in terms of number of offices, number yeah. of employees, revenue, profit. Sorry. I mean, I yeah. hope to hit all those categories. Yeah, yeah, that's so exciting. Wow. Need to look out for that. Wherever our listeners are, this family law firm could be coming. Well, come in. Yeah, come in. <laughs> <laughs> <They're> coming. <laughs> That's so good. 
So, oh, wow. I'm very delighted about that. So I want to know more about you, Esther. So who are you? Before you, you know, before you took your flight, you know, before you had that day where you go, today I'm doing it and you were bold enough, like, what did the few, what did the previous history look like for you? Well, my, I mentioned before that my family immigrated here from um, what was the Soviet Union. Um, and so really, I identify as an immigrant, um, as somebody who grew up with parents who worked so, so hard for everything. And I think, and my grandparents, you know, we all immigrated together. My grandparents learned a new language in their 50s. Um, and my grandmother had her own business. And my grandfather had a successful career here as well. Um, and just seeing all of that hard work amidst all that adversity is just something that I think becomes part of who you are. Yeah. Um, you know, being lazy was not acceptable. It just, it was just not in, in, in um, I just wasn't something I was really exposed to. And my parents were really academically focused. So school was always really important. It was a foregone conclusion. We were going to go to college. We were going to go to school after college. Yeah. It was just a matter of what we were going to do. Um, so I think, you know, I'm the daughter of immigrants. I am uh, from a family of really hardworking people, a family of entrepreneurs. Um, everyone in our family is pretty highly educated and academically successful. And that really formed who I am. Mm -hmm. Okay. That's great. That's lovely to hear that. And you're right, that, that feeling of like um, laziness, you didn't, you didn't know what laziness meant. So all there is is hard work then. If you're not lazy, you're hardworking. So. In fact, I looked at my parents and they worked so hard. I remember distinctly being younger, thinking, yeah, I don't want to work that hard. I'm yeah. like, this was just like really, really tough. Yeah. Like, Maybe I'll just marry someone who's just going to take <laughs> care of me because this looks really, really hard. But ultimately, you are sort of who you're brought up to be. And um, that didn't stick. But I definitely remember having this thoughts, especially because my mom's a pediatrician. And for a long time when she had her practice, um, pediatricians had to be in the hospital for every C-section for their patients. And so my mom would get called all night. She'd go to the hospital at night. Then she'd have to still go to work first thing in the morning and see all her patients. And she was always so tired. And I was just like, God, like, yeah. that sucks. Yeah. Uh, and I do not want to do that. Um and I would say, though, that don't, I do think that influenced how I see my business, because even though my parents helped me with my desire to own a business, my parents ultimately are self-employed professionals. And I did realize at some point a few years into this business that that's not what I wanted to be. I did not just want to be a self-employed professional. I wanted to have a business. I didn't want to be the person like preparing for trial at midnight every day of my life. I really right. wanted something more. Yeah. Yeah. Which is why you decided to grow the business. Right. Yeah. Okay. So what problem do you solve and what impact have you made, you think, what you do today? Well, um, I think that, you know, in, in Georgia, if you don't want a divorce, but your spouse wants a divorce, they're going to get a divorce. That is going to happen. You don't have the option to not get divorced. And so I think what we do is we help people see that they will be okay when this process is over because that fear of the unknown and that fear of change, it's really, it's like a death. You're mourning the loss of your marriage and you mourn the loss of everything that you think your life should have been. 
Um, and so helping people accept that, helping make sure that they are um, secure both financially and in their relationship with their children after the process is over and helping them be ready for sort of that independent next stage, I think is how we help people. Because that divorce is going to happen if one person wants it. But right, protecting right. them, protecting their money, protecting their relationship with their kids, that is really, to me, what we do. Right. So so you do more than just the transaction of the divorce. You, you're looking at how do you provide advice and counsel so that yeah. when that happens, they are in a better place. Correct. Like what, what are your finances going to look yeah. like? What, how can you afford to live? Where can you afford to live? Yeah. You know, what does that look like for you? Yeah. Yeah. So important. Yeah. Gosh, so that's how it is in Georgia, is it? If somebody wants a divorce, there's going to be a divorce. Is that not the case in other states? And, and I don't want you to comment. Maybe you're not allowed to comment. I don't but, know. Yeah. But I know in Georgia, you know, people yeah. come all the time, they say, well, I'm going to fight it. Yeah. I'm going to contest it because I don't want it. And we're yeah. like, well, it's going to happen. Okay. So yeah. let's figure out how to make it happen in a way that, sets you up for success. Afterwards. Yeah. Yes. Makes a lot of sense. Okay. So here's my introspection question. If you were okay. to do this all again, Esther, would you do it all over again? Absolutely. I mean, what's the alternative? Am I going to work somewhere else or someone else? Absolutely <laughs> not. Never. Um, so a hundred percent, I would do it again. I think we all can look back on our journey and think of things maybe we would do differently, but I think the mistakes we make are our biggest learning opportunities and they yeah. they get us where we are because if we had made different choices who knows what the consequence of that choice would be mm -hmm. so i really don't look back with regret even at any stage of this and um i love it i love owning my own business to me i have three kiddos this is my fourth um so I love everything about it. I love growing it. I love that I get to pick the people that I work with. I mean, how many people yeah. get to do that? That's amazing. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so yes, a hundred percent. Yeah. Every yeah. week. <laughs> Wait, and said with conviction, which is so important. There's not even a question in your mind, which is really, really good. Um, so what do you do outside of work, Esther? Like, I know you have three young children. I know you're very busy, um, but is there time for anything else? Um, what do we do outside of work? I made a commitment about a year and a half ago to start going to the gym. So I started doing that and I do that about four times a week in the morning, um, which is like sort of the big selfish thing I feel like I do for myself. Yeah. Um, I spend lots of time with my kids. I have four-year-old twins and one that just turned five. They're getting so big. And, um, we like to travel a lot. So every opportunity we can, we try to take trips together. Um, we do lo lots of kids' activities. I actually own a ton of cookbooks. I have like 600 something cookbooks. And so- Cookbooks, okay. Yeah. I did so not know this. Okay. <laughs> I love to cook when I um, have time and I'm not exhausted. So yeah. That's, and I love to do it with my kids. If they have like good behavior all week at school, yeah. on the weekend, we'll like make something together as a reward. And so yes. I like doing that yeah. And what's your favorite thing you like to cook? I like to cook all different things. My attention span is like this. So um, my husband will eat something I make and I'm like, do you like it? And he's like, well, if I like it, I'm still never going to get to eat it again. And I'm like, that's probably true. So I like to just <laughs> make it on to the next? all the time. Yep. That's funny. That's funny. Yeah. That's great. I did not know you had that skill set. And that takes, and it's nice you say like to do that with the children. Um, yeah. And, and letting them see that it's a reward. So hopefully in time, they'll look at it 
that way too. Yeah, um, it's fun. I will say a recipe that should take 30 minutes with a child takes about two hours, but yeah. um, <laughs> yeah. it's, but it's worth it at the end of it. it. Yeah, it's worth it, it at the end of it. So that's um, how can people connect with you, Esther? What's the best way for them if they wanted to reach out to you? Um, so LinkedIn is a great way. I'm on LinkedIn and you can send me a message or um, email. It's also great. My email is esther at vntlaw.com. So either of those are great. Esther at say vntlaw.com. Yeah, vnt. Make sure our listeners have got that. Well, that's wonderful. Thank you for sharing that. And um, this has been just really good to really kind of learn from you, like some of, especially some of the successes you've had and the challenges you've overcome. And um, you're very brave. And I and I, I love the fact you and I spend time outside of EO and work. And I know how committed you are to your business and your family. So you feel like you look like you're balancing it all. So I'm, my hat's hat off to you, Esther. Well done. Um, outsourcing, outsourcing, yeah. <laughs> eat a balancing life. <laughs> there we go. That's another educational tip. That's so true. Outsourcing. Well, thank you so much, Esther, for joining us today. Thank you, Sarah. It was so great to see you. You're very welcome. Thank you to our audience. If you learned something today, if you laughed about something, please tell somebody else about this podcast. Thank you again to our guests. This has been another very exciting episode of EO Atlanta's Taking Flight, and I look forward to seeing you all next time. And so that wraps up another episode. Thank you for joining. For show notes and other episodes, visit us at takingflight.live. For more information about EO Atlanta, visit eoatlanta.org. Special thanks to the following sponsors.